As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello again, I'm Anna Davis and I'm back with another edition of On Farm. This is our sixth episode in association with the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society of Scotland. We're publishing this in the week that the Highland Show would have been taking place if it hadn't been cancelled and like many of you, we're pretty sad but making the best of things. Later, we've got an in-depth interview with Marks and Spencer's Head of Agriculture, Steve McLean. This whole episode, though, we're thinking about how you can still interact with food and farming and with the countryside in general in these days of COVID lockdown. If you live in a town or city, the only real countryside you'll probably be seeing is digitally through a screen. Wow. Well, summer's definitely arrived and you know that when you taste your first strawberries of the season. And these ones are from uh, Ava Berries, who have kindly delivered these to me today. And uh, over the next four months, I'm going to be making some recipes with these, uh, these wonderful berries. 2019 MasterChef finalist Gillian McCord posting a video to her Instagram in partnership with Angus Softfruits and Ava Berries. They are replacing live events like the Highland Show this year with this kind of online and digital experience to try to still reach customers. These are grown just up the road, Scottish produce in Angus, and uh, you can buy them in supermarkets, Aldi, Co-op, Morrisons, Sainsbury's. There are lots of similar examples. Uh, we've got people coming in from Cape Cod and... Hello, Melanie. This is Neil and Janet McQuiston from Kitchen Coos and Ewes in the Loose Valley near Stranra, welcoming viewers from across the globe to their live broadcast via Facebook. Mark Weir, Blair, is it? From Idaho, yeah. And just across the water, County Antrim there. Hi, from Rainy Doncaster. Oh, send it here, please. We're burning up. We're needing rain. From Delaware, somebody there. From Galashiels. Galashiels, Charlotte. Oh, yeah, somebody from New Jersey. This is one of dozens of Scottish farms and food businesses that do daily Facebook Live videos through the agritourism organisation Go Rural. My name is Caroline Miller and I live on our family farm in Angus. Caroline heads up Go Rural and has overseen huge growth over lockdown of these daily Facebook Lives, a digital window into farms and food tourism businesses all over Scotland. We, we didn't expect this to get so big as it has and so popular the reason we started it off was about 10 friends of mine and myself thought we would try and cheer people up by bringing the countryside to people, especially people that were in flats with no garden. And we thought, if you can't be in the countryside just now, we would bring the countryside to you. These black-faced sheep range out all over that hill, some way out the back there, and you need them, need a dog to get them hunted back in for like a dozen vaccinating and even shearing. So this is the come by command, going to the right. Go Rural was developed during the Scottish Enterprise Rural Leadership Programme, which I undertook in 2012. 
it was a, a campaign that four of us put together to encourage people from Scottish cities to come to the countryside, you know, to make it easy for people to leave Edinburgh, Glasgow, Inverness, Aberdeen, Stirling, Perth, to come and visit the countryside and especially onto farms. People that would normally have gone to the Highland Show or an agricultural event or visited a farm for a farm tour at least can see virtually a farm every day. And we've had some amazing comments from people, you know, you're just making me feel so much better. I can see nature for half an hour, you know, after lunch at two o'clock to just sit down with the family and, and watch a different farm every day. You can see the dog doesn't get too close. He uses his eye to control them because it's important that he doesn't... Oh, and there they are. They're way through the lucky already. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Neil kept that quite brief. <laughs> it's not like you're standing in a field on your own Facebook page and you just press live because it looks like a nice day and you, and you get 10 people watching. You literally have 250 people sitting down with their coffee after their lunch wanting a performance and you, <laughs> you must deliver that. So I think in terms of like the skills development, of the farmers it's been phenomenal and I think you've seen then people have gone on to do their own life tours of their farms we've also between 20 and 30 percent of our people watching are from outside the UK we have Americans setting their alarm to tune in we just had a comment from another lady today saying this has just totally made her whole few weeks the last few weeks really bearable amazing yeah that's fabulous and I guess that's it it's about thinking of of new ways to do things so where the Highland show and local and regional agricultural shows would have this year provided their annual shop window and the opportunity for people to go and see how showing of animals works learn more about livestock learn more about machinery learn more about the whole farming and, and rural process not able to do that this year, um, but you're able to fill some of that gap and give people the opportunity via social media to to have that shop window and that showcase and, and see what goes on. And, and as you've said, hopefully that engagement that you really want from people will continue in their, their shopping habits and their support of local businesses going forward. The Highland Show and all the other agricultural shows in Scotland, you know, are basically an agricultural event I'm really keen that as many people that are not in agriculture come along and it's a great way that they can learn about what we do. It's actually bringing all these farmers into one place that then the public can engage with and and get a taste of. And I think that there's definitely much more opportunity going forward to make sure that agricultural shows, including the Highland, are kind of a key part of agri-tourism and recognised as that in Scotland. But in terms of actually what, you know, an urban person gets at an agricultural show, well, I would hope that coming to something like the Highland Show would give them a real taste of what coming onto a real farm could be and maybe whet their appetite to maybe come and stay on a farm or to, to visit a farm for a farm tour or to go and buy direct from a farmer, go and buy their their meat or their vegetables direct from a farmer. Enormous thanks to Caroline Miller. She's so passionate about agritourism. 
please do check out Go Rural on Facebook. They're live most afternoons and they will definitely cheer you up and are well worth supporting. Just a reminder, in this on-farm episode, we're considering different ways that you can interact with food, farming and the countryside if you're from a town or city. Clearly, in a normal year, one very obvious way that that happens is at the Highland Show. Around two-thirds of show visitors every year are not from rural or agricultural backgrounds. This includes the family we're about to hear from. They're from Cumbernauld, but they're big fans of the Highland Show. They visit every year and we've asked them to think about why that is. My name's Diane Fraser. I'm a History and Modern Studies teacher and this is my partner, Colin. Hi everyone, uh, my name's Colin Mackay. I am also a teacher. I teach um, religious and moral education and this is Diane and I's daughter, Elizabeth. Hi there, I'm Elizabeth. I'm an English student at the University of St Andrews and, well, I'm about to graduate, but I, I currently I'm still an English student at the University of St Andrews. I would say we're not rural at all. Very much a town, a new town, a 24-hour Tesco, drive throughs online shopping. We're towns folk. We're not rural. No. No, definitely not. <laughs> we first started going because I'd heard from school children that they enjoyed it and it was something that was on the television. And I thought, well, we might as well go and see and try this out. We're quite a, a, a unique family in the fact that our two children are 15 years apart. So finding a day out that they'll both like can be a challenge. I think Charlie was two the first time we went and we've been there every year since. And it's definitely a highlight of Elizabeth finishing up school or finishing up uni, her coming home. And we all go and do that as a family. And it's something that we really enjoy. It's so varied. There's probably things that we don't do when we're there that other families, their entire Royal Highland show experience might be completely different to ours. Um, so the chance to see things like chainsaw artistry uh, followed on by mountain bike stunts um, and then go and grab a burger and listen to a Cayley band um, and then take Charlie to see the shiny tractors. I really like Charlie having that opportunity um, to see that. And I think that's really good for him, really good for a young child. And being able to see him get something different out of it every year is really good. And especially because, you know, he's gone from two to five every year. He's been there, he's seen it um, and enjoyed and got something from it and learned about where food comes from, about farming, about how important it is, looking at how animals can be well cared for and that all being a very important part of our Scottish culture and I think it's important that he grows up knowing that information. Yeah, I, I like as well, probably talk a little bit about Charlie. Sorry, Elizabeth, you're important too. <laughs> but he's he's small and very easily pleased. Um, I like that it's uniquely Scottish without being draped in tartan. And then Elizabeth likes to see goats and go and buy honey, which is her highlights. And there's shops she can go to, which always pleases teenagers and 20-somethings. <laughs> I, I like to visit the toy tractor emporiums as well, to be honest. Um, you know, outside of the goats, which I do love. I'm a big goat fan and do want to one day own goats, which I would like to say is inspired by our Royal Highland <laughs> Show experience, um, is that it really does kind of, obviously we're a big family of like educators. They're very into education. And I think that kind of coming from a world where the only time I really thought about 
meat and where it comes from in the farming industry is like on McDonald's when it said like 100% British beef and I didn't really understand why anyone cared. Um, and I think now you kind of, you see the quality and the kind of culture that comes behind farming that like as a student going into buying my own food, like it was important to me to think about these things that I'd, I'd kind of learned about the culture and, and think about keeping up that agricultural tradition of Scotland and of Britain. So I think that it's always good to open people's minds to other parts of the country they don't normally see because we can drive through lots of fields and see lots of cows and say that we understand the agriculture of Scotland. But I, I think the only opportunity I've really got to learn anything about it is at the Royal Highland Show. We also get to face a bit of the reality of food a little. There's the guns and ammo type places, all the knives and stuff. And of, of course, Charlie and I are both quite starry-eyed at some of that stuff. Um, all the fishing gear, this idea that you hunt for food, you know, for animals need to be deceased. I think it's important to try and deal with some of that. And the reality of meat is we like it, we want to eat it, but it used to be alive. It's good to face that and it's a really good place to do it in a sensible and mature way. Thanks so much to Diane, Colin and Elizabeth and shout out to their son, Charlie. The show is also a big draw for schools from all over Scotland. Here is East Kilbride teacher Alison. We've heard from her already in the series telling us why she loves Rhett and here she is again now telling us why she brings school groups to the show. I'm Alison Bank here and I am a home economics teacher in East Kilbride. I just want to share my passion and, and share my enthusiasm for the Highland Show with as many people yeah, as I possibly can. Um getting just up close and personal with live animals. That's the, the biggest draw, I think, for the kids. Um, because they're secondary school pupils, we allow them a bit of kind of autonomy and they, they get to choose where they want to go within the showground um, on their own. And it is, it's always the draw of the live animals, not just to be able to see that's where their food comes from. It's it's also a kind of appreciation of the, the work and the care that farmers kind of put into every breed of animal to see the, the value and the, the money that's involved in it as well. I think a lot of kids are kind of disconnected with it's a business, even teachers in schools teaching it, yeah, okay, where their food comes from, but at the end of the day, this is this is people's livelihoods and this is their businesses that they, they, they need the public, they need the kids, they need the consumers to be, you know, supportive of that. So raising awareness of the business aspect of it and the you know the variety of the nutritionists and the the feet specialists and the, the the equipment they're all there and they're all round about the animals so the kids are are being able to see that at the end of every school year I always do a little online evaluation of my course just the kind of general questions course content and and stand out things from the year and year after year it's always the Highland Show it's always the trip miss. You know, can we go again? And just all year, it's always, you know, when can we go back? They just absolutely love it. It's just a highlight of their year. Thank you to Alison. It's really great to hear people sharing these positive stories. Of course, another huge way people interact with the countryside, whether they think about it much or not, is through the choices they make when they go grocery shopping. So next up on On Farm, we'll hear from Steve McLean, who's Head of Agriculture at Highland Show sponsor Marks and Spencer's. So there's no single reason for being at the Highland Show. It's a focal point. It's probably our 
biggest opportunity to contact the greatest number of people over a relatively small um, period of time. And of course, the food hall is is absolutely uh, tremendous, probably the best food hall I've seen in, in, in any show anywhere um, in the UK. But it really brings to life the best of Scotland, from seafood through to farm products, um, livestock and, and produce orientated. Um, and I do think it's absolutely unique, but it delivers a very strong uh, message of Scottish provenance and what makes Scotland uh, very different. I mean, if you look at us as a retailer, we massively um, overplay on our Scottish sourcing because we believe it's the best quality. You've got some of the best suppliers um, in the country and they're supported by some of the best farming businesses in the country. That's something we're very proud to support. You've articulated a couple of them, but can you perhaps tell us a little bit more about the benefits that Marks and Spencer's derives from from being at the Highland Show and the, and the relationship that you have with them? Yeah, so we go to the show for a number of different reasons. One is is very much around engagement with our farmers and growers, and that is a great social opportunity as well as an opportunity to talk business with them. But it's much wider than that. It's also an opportunity for us to bring to life what makes um, us different as a retailer. The innovation that we um, see and require within our supply chain to allow us to differentiate from other retailers, but also to engage with our customers and try and create the link between the product that they buy from us and the farmers and growers who are responsible for the great quality raw materials that sit beside our product. We play our part in the education trail as well which is really important to us. If you look at how we structure our trade stand at the Highland Show, we've got an education element within it. Last year, for example, we had hatching chicks and um, we we had various features where we were trying to bring to life what the production method was. And it does... Um, surprise me when you have conversations um, with visitors to the stand around what their perceptions were versus the reality. And it's not just kids, it's adults of all ages who have become disconnected um, from um, food production, sometimes just because of, of the circumstances of their, uh, their upbringing. But as we get more people um, in cities and less in, in the rural environment, that's going to become a bigger issue unless we collectively work together to address it. That's one of the reasons that the Highland Show and other agricultural shows are important because it allows us try and do our bit to articulate the great stories and the great activities that go on day in, day out on Scottish and British farms um, that make the raw material that they produce exceptional quality, great value, and it's what allows us to differentiate our food offer to our customers. Yes, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And and it kind of brings me on. You know, a lot of we're asking the question why a lot in this series of, of podcasts. Why why do people love the Highland Show so much? Why do people support the work of RET and the Royal Highland Society? And I guess the question here is is it why why do you think it is so important that consumers understand the provenance of their food and where it comes from and the processes that go on within the countryside to, to produce that food? Well, I think it's never been more important to, to try and uh, connect uh, consumers with farming, primary production and, and processing. There is a massive disconnect 
you only have to, to follow some of the social media chatter around food, and not just in the UK, but, but much wider. So I think any forum where you can bring people together um, and you can have the opportunity of, of explaining what food production actually is, the steps that farmers and growers go to every day to deliver the best quality um, product that they can, the steps that our processing partners and retailers like M&S go to to deliver innovative products that give customers real choice, real value, but importantly, real quality, um, I don't think can be underestimated. We're probably in an era uh, now, as we live through um, the current lockdown, where for the first time for a long time, you're seeing consumers really start to question where their food's produced and you're hearing more about food security. And uh, I, I, I think that we will see a continuation of that interest and that requirement for shorter uh, supply chains, more locally um, sourced, definitely supporting British and, and clearly supporting Scottish in the context of, of, of Scottish customers, I think will be an ongoing uh, requirement. So I think the opportunity for the Highland Show has probably never been greater to be um, the, the, the focal point for bringing those discussions together and demonstrating what a, a new, uh, efficient, effective um, supply chain that gives great food security, great food safety and outstanding quality um, is um, should be part of the mantra. Yes, yes, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, it's, it's coming through again and again and it, when we're speaking to people that, that there's been such a huge resurgence in support for, for provenance and knowing where your food comes from and loyalty to to producers who are doing all of the right things in terms of traceability and animal welfare. And, and I, I very much believe and hope that that, that will continue. Um, and of course, at the moment in the media, the, you know, there's a lot uh, going on with regard to potential imports of food that could be produced using methods that are not currently uh, legal or acceptable in this country. So I think probably listeners would love to hear from you about the Marks and Spencer's commitment going forward to to the UK farmers and growers and producers who are adhering to the very best in terms of, of environmental and animal welfare standards. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I, I fully understand the debate that's going on at the moment, but um, uh, I, I simply want to reiterate um, the message that um, my managing director, Stuart Machen, articulated very clearly when he wrote to the presidents of the UK's farming unions and that is that M&S um, has uh, been well served by its British select farms and um, nearly two and a half thousand of them um, being in Scotland. We see no reason to change that policy. Quality uh, and ensuring that we don't let the customer down is at the very heart of our sourcing uh, decisions. And uh, as I articulated earlier, I think we've now got a consumer uh, mindset which is expecting uh, a brand like M&S to do the right thing and source British and uh, uh, Scottish uh, wherever we can. And we don't see any reason uh, to change that. Our thanks again to Steve from Marks and Spencers for taking the time to speak with us. It's really good to get reassurance of an ongoing commitment to the two and a half thousand select farmers and growers in Scotland. And Marks and Spencers will, as Steve says, do the right thing. That's nearly it for this episode. But one last area we're going to look at is supply chains and procurement for what's often called the public plate. So that's meals that are paid for out of taxation in places like schools and hospitals. It's another area where RASP play a huge role and work in partnership with organisations, including Food for Life Scotland, 
to shorten supply chains and get quality, healthy, local Scottish produce into schools. I'm Margaret Gilmore. I'm the Senior Partnerships Manager with the Food for Life programme, which is a flagship programme of the Soil Association Scotland. And my job is to go out and create um, relationships and uh, make connections with uh, the public sector, mainly schools throughout Scotland, and get people to sign up and uh, adopt our programme. And by doing so, have fantastic meals on the plate that benefit not only the health of the people who are eating them, but the um, local economy, the um, environment and our planet in general, just to make the world a better place. So would it be correct then if I was to summarise the Food for Life programme as being about promoting healthy, promoting local economies, promoting uh, environmental sustainability and getting to people to think about all of those things when they're sourcing food for the plates of of school children. Yeah, absolutely. And the programme's funded by the Scottish Government through the Rural uh, Economy Directorate, Fergus Ewing, who's Cabinet Secretary for the Rural Economy. And the ambition 2030 to double the amount of sales of Scottish and local produce before 2030 is part of our ambition as well. So the meals that are being served through the public plate we are encouraging um, more spend on Scottish and local produce. So that, that will be the mu- music to the ears of many of our listeners. Coming on to the Royal Highland Show, now, now very sadly, as we know, it's not taking place this year because of COVID. Um, but were it taking place, what would have been your plans for how you engage with uh, the show for the Food for Life campaign? So we were really excited this year to um, be inviting along some of our award holders in Scotland to showcase in a live kitchen um demonstrating food uh, which would be freshly prepared, Scottish, local, complying with um, our Food for Life principles but also um, complying with the nutritional regulations that exist within school meals. To be able to highlight to people in general just how fantastic school meals in Scotland are. All of us are operating within very changed times Obviously, the schools are not currently open as as we record this episode of the podcast. Um, so how has the Food for Life programme had to adapt over the last few weeks with uh, under the conditions of, of COVID? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, our um, award holders, of which there are 14 um, local authorities at the moment, you know, they had to go into crisis mode and make sure that people were being fed and do whatever it took to ensure that um, particularly free entitled pupils were receiving um, food. Our focus has been very much in working with our award holders and with all local authorities right from the start of the crisis to be there to be able to offer advice and support, menu ideas, recipe ideas, things that are easy to cook in the home with the family um, and also working on developing things for the future which will be easier served and prepared and um, consumed when schools go back because the routines will be different, the flow of the school will be different and there will be so many things that will be different but we're getting on the front foot and we're starting to think about what we can do to ensure that there's still going to be good, nutritious, healthy, freshly prepared and Scottish food on the plate but in a way that will be practical, simple 
and easier for the caterer to manage in, in, in an operational setting. Thanks so much to Margaret and thank you to all of our other guests this episode. Steve McLean from Marks and Spencers, teacher Alison Bankier, our urban family Diane, Colin, Elizabeth and Charlie and Caroline Miller from Go Rural. As we said at the start of the episode, it's Highland Show Week this week. We know that that could be pretty bleak for many of you to think about while we're all stuck at home. So we wanted to draw your attention to a campaign being run jointly this week by RSABI, RAS and other supporters, including ourselves. The ask is really pretty simple. On the 18th of June, so that's this coming Thursday, just pick up the phone, pick up the phone, make a call to someone you might not have spoken to for a while or somebody you might see at the Highland Show, but but won't, of course, catch up with this year. I'm pretty sure it'll help you and it'll certainly help the person you're talking to as well. Ideally, they'd love us to phone five people, but even if you can just phone one, that surely will make a difference. To support the campaign and show you've taken part, just post on social media with the hashtags KeepTalking and Phone5. Episode two of this series of On Farm with RAS was all about the importance of talking. We asked two old friends to make exactly this kind of catch-up phone call and we recorded it for the show. Here it is again and hopefully it will inspire you to make your own calls. Hi! Hi, Cindy Bob, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Trying to multitask a little bit too much though. I'm just like, oh, please don't let the phone go. Oh, it's good to see you, Chick. I'm knackered. I've been up all night because we're on full watch. Oh, how exciting. So I think I went to bed at half two or something and it's still no full this morning. So I'm shattered already. She waxed up and everything I take out. I think she'll be tonight or tomorrow, possibly. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. So how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm so excited about your fall. Who's this? Is this Lily? No, this is just the wee broodmare, the wee pony broodmare. Which, incidentally, would have gone to the Highland Show had it been um, on. <laughs> I feel sorry for all those people who, you know, you spend all year getting your horse or cattle beast or whatever ready. And then, no show. Just devastating. I know. I know. Feeling a bit lost. Well, maybe have to, like, um, take the mare and foal around the field and pretend we're at a show or something <laughs> like that. You could video her. Maybe we could have like a, a an online a few showing classes, just to virtual shows and stuff. Because otherwise, it won't. We won't be doing anything all summer. I don't think. I will so miss seeing you this year, Steenie Bop. It's also this year is even quite important that we, you know, people are trying to start to say, well, let's do something at the end of the year. You know, we will all get through this. We will all get to the other side. And at some point in time, they're going to let us all come together and, you know, hug everyone and have a drink together and raise a glass. And hopefully, you know, we'll get to that point and we'll be able to do that again in the future. And, I, you know, I can't think of it. You know, we'll definitely be raising a glass of gin sometime soon. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, Chick. Yeah, it's without a doubt. It's so lovely to see you. Yeah, I know. Yes, you too. I know. I know. I wish I could give you a hug. Well, give a virtual hug. Oh, take care and let me know about the fall. It could it could be a long week this week. <laughs> oh, if only I lived closer and I was allowed to travel, I'd come and do full watch for you for a night check. I'll maybe send you the video link then and you can sit at one in the morning and watch it. <laughs> I'll do that. I would do that for you. I'm a bit of a night owl anyway. Mm-hmm.